0: Welcome to Ontario County History and Culture. I am Preston Pierce, the historian for Ontario County, and I'm looking forward to our discussion today. This podcast is sponsored by the Cheshire Community Action Team, the Ontario County Arts Council, and the Ontario County Historical Society. We're recording in the Finger Lakes Television Podcast Studio at Finger Lakes Community College, main campus in Canandaigua. With me are George Heron, the organizer of this podcast, and Lenore Friend, a representative of Finger Lakes TV, to talk about the origin of this podcast and set the stage for the episodes to come. George, you and I have known each other a long time, but I've never known you to be involved in a podcast. How
1: did this come to be? Well, Preston, you're right. We have been good friends for a long, long time, and the truth of it is this is the first podcast project that I've ever been involved with. Generally, the project evolved from my being a member of former Mayor Ellen Palomini's Roundtable, which is an informal sharing of local group activities and projects of interest. This last summer, Lenore, our friend, also a member of the Roundtable, uh, introduced a podcast promotion involving 501c3 organizations here in Ontario County. And it just seemed to me to be a natural for me to become involved with that But maybe at this point in time, it might be good for Lenore to jump in with some information she has regarding the particular project itself. Well, Lenore, what can you tell us about the origins of the project?
2: Well, first, to give you a little background on Finger Lakes TV, it's one of thousands of public access stations that were created by the 1984 um, federal legislation that regulated the cable industry. The idea was to provide at least one station for local governments, schools, and the general public to exercise free expression. As communication is diversified, public access stations have sought to provide a range of services, and this includes podcasting, which is catching on across the country.
0: How is podcasting different than on-air broadcasting?
2: Well, on-air broadcasting is a lot of work, um, and it's a little intimidating for some people to be on video, whereas to sit around a table and talk, that's something we do all the time. It's easier for listeners, too. They can listen in their cars while they're doing some housework. Um, Just a little bit more accessible at a busy time.
0: Kind of a fireside chat, if you will. Exactly. How did the groups that are represented in these next few podcasts come to be selected to be part of this?
2: Well, this was George's idea, and I really give him a lot of credit for coming up with a wonderful framework to bring in so many diverse aspects of our community. I'll let him talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, generally, Preston, uh, what happened was that uh, upon Lenore's announcement, it just seemed like a great opportunity to create a greater understanding of the prominence of history and culture throughout the greater Canandaigua community, both the city and the town. And after bouncing the, the idea off of several people, and with the encouragement and help of many, we formed a team of talented folks, developed a theme representing the storied past, the present, and the future of several of the more prominent focal points of participation, and with the Laura and her staff's assistance, we launched the project.
0: Well, thinking about that project, what kind of groups are eligible to participate in a project like this?
2: Well, really, anyone is allowed to do it. Um, and it can be a government group. It can be a community club. It can be a nonprofit organization. Um, we provide the equipment and the publishing services. And if an organization wants to make a podcast, uh, the cost is uh, for a nonprofit is $300 for up to six 30-minute episodes. Um, all the organization will have to do is develop a plan and come up with guests.
0: Have you done any prior to this, or is this a pioneering effort in Um
2: We've done some small-scale trials here at the college, but this is the first community podcast that's going to be distributed worldwide.
0: How does the public access these podcasts when putting one foot ahead of the other and somebody hearing about the podcast, deciding that they want to listen to them, what do they have to do to access the podcast?
2: The podcast will be accessible on three of the major services, such as iTunes and Spotify, but you can get to them through the Finger Lakes TV website, which is fingerlakestv.org.
0: Can these be downloaded, for example?
2: They're not downloaded per se, but um, you would just click a link and it would play on your phone.
0: So Finger Lakes TV is expanding its uh, access for the community and its service to the community. How does the parent organization, how does Finger Lakes Television uh, support itself, and why is it located on the campus of Finger Lakes Community College?
2: Right. These are good questions. Finger Lakes TV is a community resource, and it's funded by local governments and Finger Lakes Community College. FLCC provides an in-kind contribution of space and administrative services so that the municipal funding goes directly to labor and equipment.
0: Are there any students involved? Is there a learning component of this, perhaps even out of sight of the people that are making the podcast?
2: Absolutely. We have a student in the control room right now who is doing some tech work. And when we go um, on remote uh, location to shoot city council meetings, um, we have students with us as well learning how to set up a remote broadcast and how to operate a camera.
0: Is this experience part of any of the certificate or degree programs here at Finger Lakes?
2: Yes, this is associated with the new media and communications programs. Uh, the students in the video production classes will use TV, as a, a Finger Lakes TV, as an opportunity to get hands-on training.
0: George, tell me a little bit about uh, your experience doing the podcasts, uh, speaking as uh, a member of the public. How did the
1: experience go for you? I thought it was a very positive uh, outreach by everybody involved. Um, As as we all know, the keys to any kind of a successful outcome in any undertaking, uh, at least in my experience, has been that there are three key words, communicate, cooperate, and coordinate among and between all parties. And if you can do that, it pretty much meets the project needs and the personal schedules that are involved with trying to make it work. Uh, It really resulted in an enjoyable effort to bring thinking, thoughtful people together for doing really good stuff for lots of really good reasons and for a really good community. And also, we also felt that from a generational viewpoint, this venture could well serve to benefit all residents and visitors, all ages and all walks of life for unknown years to come. And that's how we kind of approached the project. And everybody seemed to be very enthused about it, especially with Lenore's encouragement. And we've moved forward to this particular point in time when we're able to offer to the community and the general public at large. Lenore,
0: if someone is interested, if a group is interested in doing some podcasts, what's the first thing they need to do? Call us. Call you.
2: Call us and and check it out. The number is 585-785-1623. And as I did with George, we'll just talk about ideas. We'll talk about next steps. um, And it'll just flow from there.
0: Is it possible for someone to come in and uh, take a look at the studio and the situation here, just to get comfortable with Absolutely. what's involved uh, in terms of what you, where you are, and what you're doing.
2: Absolutely, we want few people to feel comfortable. We want to be a resource for them.
0: Great, great. George, thinking about these podcasts, what do you hope to accomplish with these? Uh, Do you hope that this is just going to be informational, or is there more of a purpose behind the podcast?
1: Well, generally, it's informational, hoping that those who might listen to this particular program uh, would become more interested in in both the history and the culture of both the city and the the town. And with the growth factors we have, as I recall, uh, the county now is up around 112,000 population and growing every day. And with that, there's visitors from outside. There's those who are already lived in, in the county, and uh, they just may not have been aware of all of these advantages. So we're hoping that this will promote both the history and the culture, as well as a greater appreciation for what all of Ontario County has to offer. And I guess I'd also have to say on behalf of the project and all team members, 18 of them, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't thank them publicly as individual participants for their spirit and willingness to voluntarily come together and make this undertaking a success. And if I may note those now, uh, Judy Sermak, Chris Schermack, Doug Finch, Ethan Fogg, Lenore Friend, Fred Goodnow, Nancy Goodnow, John Goodwin, New York State Senator Pam Helming, Ontario County Sheriff Kevin Henderson, myself, Valerie Knobloch, Assemblyman Brian Kolb, Kyle Krenzer, Preston Pierce, of course, Ellen Palomini, Jim Rose, and last but not least, Ed Varno. It's been an outstanding project of participation on our parts, and we're excited about what might be down the road for the rest of us.
0: Well, I'm excited to see what's down the road for the rest of you as well. This has been a great discussion. I want to thank you both again for joining me today for the launch of Ontario County History and Culture our first episode features a well known figure in our community, Ed Varno, whom you just mentioned, the longtime director of the Ontario County Historical Society. He's a real enthusiast for the richness and detail of local history.